No commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome back to another edition of BOA, The Revival. Very excited about today's show. We're actually taping it like in the middle of the day, which is different from us because our guest is all the way over uh, across the Atlantic in the United Kingdom. Uh, So we're making use of the uh, day off here to tape uh, an international episode. It's one I've wanted to do for quite some time, as our guest can tell you. I've been hounding her uh, since probably like uh, the middle of December. I'm like, you got to come on my show and talk about this. Um, Our guest is Emily Louise. Uh, Folks in the esoteric probably know of her. She's a fantastic documentary filmmaker and researcher. She's got an awesome YouTube channel, Weird Reads with Emily Louise, where she has a whole bunch of different documentaries about New Age spirituality and UFO milieu and conspiracy theory and all those various uh, fascinating worlds that we've been exploring here on Banal of America for years. And she may have popped up on people's radars uh, specifically like in the last couple of months because she was a consulting producer on the HBO documentary Love Has Won, which is about the uh, the cult known as Love Has Won. Um so, and uh, where do I, I don't have my notes here, but anyway, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's available if you have HBO uh, Max or whatever it's called now. It's on HBO. People, people were talking about it big time. They're still talking about it, obviously, but, uh, you know, over the holidays, it was uh, a huge thing. Three-part documentary series. It's fantastic. And as I said, she was uh, a consulting producer on that. And as we'll find out here amy carlson that's what i was gonna say love has one is this cult and amy carlson's the cult leader i didn't have the name off the top of my head but uh as we'll we'll get into she emily louise was was tracking all this way before the hbo documentary came along so uh she has some tremendous insights into this and and we're we're gonna get all into it tonight so uh welcome uh to the show emily louise it's a, a great pleasure to have you on here as i said i've been i'm really looking forward to talking to you for a while now Thank you for the lovely intro. I didn't want to jump in. I didn't want to interrupt you. It was very good. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> now, we always start out with the the bio, the background. Um, who is Emily Louise? How did you get interested in all this stuff? And how did you decide to start creating content, becoming a, you know, a documentary filmmaker and, and putting yourself out there and, and producing this stuff on YouTube and stuff? Um, I think I've always had uh, an interest in these kind of topics, but wasn't it never really cut like I kind of viewed it from the sidelines for years, you know, just like reading books, but never like actively involved in anything. Always been interested in conspiracy theories, um, strange belief systems, all of that kind of thing that's just like slightly different is always yeah. uh, attractive. Um, and then in the pandemic, uh, was jobless, didn't really know in what direction I was. I kind of had a vague idea of what direction I wanted to go in, but it was kind of like the um, like a turning point where I was like, all right, 
don't have a job at the moment. What am I going to do? Started making like weird videos on YouTube, really lame ones that aren't on the channel anymore about like just book reviews, <laughs> just just like random books, um, which I've since uh, all privated because um, they're not on there anymore. And then slowly decided that I didn't want to make videos about books. I wanted to make videos about the sub like things that I was reading in the books, right? The subjects right, that I was right. reading about. Um, and then kind of realizing that you don't have to have a whole massive film crew behind you or lots of money or funding to do do your own kind of research on things that are you're interested in or stories that are unraveling and all that kind of stuff. And, and that in nowadays, it's a lot more uh, accessible for you to just kind of sit in front of a camera and start talking about yeah. the things that you're researching and finding an audience. Um, so that's, yeah, that's just kind of like how I started doing it. I just started making videos. I had a tiny little, um, like 15 pound microphone that was terrible and I was filming them all on my phone to begin with. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, well, there's like two kind of parallel timelines here in a sense, as I said to you, uh, before we started the conversation, uh, I had watched Love is One, the HBO documentary, on uh, over the holidays of Thanksgiving. That's kind of when I first – I remembered it because we had mutual friends on Twitter and it was following you and stuff. And I remembered that you had mentioned it, that you were yeah. a producer on it. And I was like, oh, shit, that's the, that's the thing. Like, and all that got kind of connected. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I got to get her on the show. But as I was doing the research uh, today, essentially this morning, and digging into your background stuff, then I'm like looking through the YouTube page, and I'm like, oh, Emily made a documentary first before <laughs> Love Has Won. So yeah. when did this, I guess, so I'm trying to untangle these timelines. So <laughs> when did when did you first hear about all this, this crazy cult uh, Love Has Won? When did it first come on your radar? And, and Again, uh, yeah, go ahead. in... In the pandemic, so I was, um, I first heard about them, I think, on TikTok uh, in, like, I want to say end of 2020, beginning of 2021. It was when, uh, you know, things were, like, really starting to kind of, like, kick off with them. And yeah. that's during the pandemic is when they really kind of um, started. They still didn't have much written about them um, by the time that I had started researching them. There was... Um, B. Schofield, who writes Guru magazine, had written an article on them, um, but there really wasn't much else um, and definitely no like mainstream attention. So I was there. Uh, I can't pinpoint the exact moment, but I was definitely on TikTok, kind of just like scrolling through, found them um, and was kind of searching for more information. And there was nothing like there, there was support groups there was a reddit subreddit that had a lot of people who were either ex-followers or people that were just kind of like following online because it was a very you know it was an interesting and developing story people that were researching um there was a facebook group called love has one exposed which was run by some of the family members mm -hmm. um and there was also a support group called rising above love has one which was uh, run by somebody whose brother and um, was in the cult for a couple of days and then got abandoned uh in the desert or ran away into the desert whatever the story is there's conflicting <laughs> yeah. stories all kinds of different stuff going on um 
So there were those, but there was no, and there were a couple of uh, jokey commentary videos on YouTube, but nothing that kind of put all of this information together in a concise way. So I want to say I started properly researching them in like the beginning months of 2021. I'm trying to like remember the timeline. It was definitely 2021. And then um, as I was working on the YouTube documentary that I did, Amy died. So like unbeknownst to me, while I was writing it and filming it and editing it, she had died in that time period. So if you go back and watch it now, I think I put in like a bit at the beginning that's like I wrote this before she died. And I didn't even know whether I wanted to release it because I didn't want it to be disrespectful. But I thought, you know, anyway. Um so I put that out, I think, at the beginning of May, because she died in April 2021. Um, and I put my documentary out at the beginning of May, which was like the first, um, like, concise, I would say. Like, How do I phrase it? Like, putting everything in yeah, yeah. one place. Comprehensive um, look at this cult. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And then um, from that documentary that I made was, uh, I was contacted um, by uh, the HBO documentary director, Hannah, um, through my documentary. So she watched it on YouTube and obviously, you know, wanted was interested in the story, wanted to um, direct this documentary about Love Has One um, and contacted me because I was... Um, I brain rotted myself so much that I knew too much about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's so much going on with this mm. cult. It's fascinating, and I think that's why people have really taken to the story. Um, yeah. Because not it's a, it's such an of our time. It's so contemporaneous. Uh, mm. You hear all these stories of like Jonestown, these other older cults, and you kind of like you wonder what the hell the deal was. But this is like this is super recent, which is yeah. terrifying in and of itself. Uh, yeah, that these things exist you know, right now. Um, Mm. And, and the amazing part is that in the love is one HBO documentary, it it is, uh, and as you say, part of your role was to sort of collate or produce this, get this archival footage from almost 3000 live streams. So I guess I'm trying to think of how to bring people up to speed. So I'll sort of give a brief thumbnail to keep, take it, take the, take the load off you a little bit. So this love is (laughs) one, this cult. So this, Amy Carlson seems like a fairly normal person. Um, she Debatable. stumbles upon – yes. <laughs> I said seems like. I said seems yeah. like. So, so so she was working at McDonald's. She was a manager at McDonald's. Um, and I'll give her a super thumbnail here. So she stumbles upon sort of this new agey world of the internet. Um, yeah, she she first she first got into I, I can just jump in with what I yes, know. I guess yes, um, she she first. Well, this is according according to one of her exes, who I wouldn't say is a particularly reliable source because he's got his own religious affiliations, which is fine, but it it may somewhat cloud his judgment sometimes. Um, and he's very vocal on like Reddit forums and stuff. But his claim is that she um, there were two things that really got her into New Age spirituality. One of them was um, the film What Dreams May Come, which stars Robin Williams, okay. who is a big oh, yes. factor in um, Love Has One. And it's based on a, 
it's based on the book what dreams may come which i haven't read but apparently there's a lot of kind of theosophical and new age themes and threads that run through that book that are more pronounced in the book than the film um so i need to put that on my to read list uh and she's she was also really heavily influenced by the celestine prophecy and the celestine prophecy again made into a movie um that was quite popular amongst like new age uh like new age people and she was also um very much into like oprah's book club kind of self-help spirituality you know the things that kind of really get that draw people in to begin with so you're looking at things like Rhonda Byrne The Secret um people like Wayne Dyer who was another big influence on Amy and she also took a lot of his teachings and put it into her own theology if you want to call it a theology um so yeah she started off as a uh McDonald's manager and um got involved in the new age and she began kind of going online um looking for like-minded people this is you know you're talking about mid mid 2000s so it's still very like early days of the internet social media wasn't you know it's not facebook or twitter it was um things like lightworkers.org that she'd go on and talk to people on message boards um and that is where she met amareth who um, is featured in the documentary. It's called Amrith White Eagle. That's obviously not his birth name. <laughs> um, and uh, they met online and, and had a relationship online. And he, you know, again, there, there's so much in this story that is like, I can just say what I know, but I can't confirm so much of it to be 100% fact, right? Right, And so much of it is built on like, oh, X person said X. But the overall consensus and based on what I've seen, he is the one that he, at the time he was calling himself Father God um, and talking a lot about, you know, Father God and the mother coming together and that Amy was this mother God. Um, so they event she eventually ends up leaving her family. She's got three she's got well, she's still got three children, um, but obviously she's not alive anymore. Um so she left her three children and uh went to Amareth, um, who was living in I believe at the time it was Colorado, but they moved a lot between like Colorado and Mount Shasta. Obviously, um Mount Shasta itself is a big like new age haven. Yeah. Um, so is Crestone, Colorado. These are places that attract a lot of people that are interested in New Age spirituality. Um, and in Colorado, there's like, again like so many different rumors and things that didn't never made it into both the documentary that I made and the HBO documentary. But there was a lot of like. Sometimes it's kind of portrayed that Amy was very peace and love at the beginning, um, and that she didn't really have you know all of these issues with drugs and alcohol which she had like later into her life that isn't really true um she uh, even before she left to join like uh, amareth in this kind of new age romance she was a very big drinker and yeah. you know ex-partners of hers have said you know she could drink anyone under the table she would and she would just pound alcohol so um she was more likely than not an alcoholic before she was ever involved in any kind of new age movement um but then when she's with Amareth in uh, Crestone and they, they kind of come together, there's, there were a lot of reports because I believe they were running a hotel um, around that time when they first got together. Again, so there's 
so many of these pedantic little details that obviously when you're making a three-part tv documentary you can't include because they're yeah. only interesting to um losers like me that want to track like every <laughs> single detail but they were um they were running a hotel and there was loads of reports of like amy would always be drunk and the place was filthy and they were getting kicked out of a lot of places and you know it was just a whole mess there was this place apparently she went and lived in the woods for a while and you know all of this kind of stuff like so much drama um yeah that's a very like that that's kind of like the beginning of it she in that time they were kind of cultivating this online presence so i think that amref originally had um a website of his own he was calling himself the galactic free press where they basically just take like a hodgepodge of like new age posts from around the internet and kind of put it up as their own you know like a compilation of like new age stuff um and Amy started to do, they started to do like uh, tiny chats. Do you remember tiny chat from like way back in the day? Like, again, we're talking Sounds like mid yeah. yeah. It was kind of like, uh, it's sort of like group video chat, right? So you'd okay, set up yeah. your little chat room and then you'd send people. Now you do stuff like that via Zoom and it would all be private. But now, but back then you could do it like a tiny chat thing. You'd have hundreds of people join and you'd all be chatting together and um, so she'd publicise like a lot of these tiny chats and um, get people to do to join them. And she, again, like this is just me hypothesising and just you know kind of like going off of what I know. And uh, you know it may not be a hundred percent correct, but it does appear to be that Amrith was the one that told her she was Mother God, and that he was Father God. Although he may like to pr- portray that he was. Um, that he meant that we're all God, we're all God together, and that, you know, anyone can call themselves mother and father God, and it has nothing to do with being an actual leader. I don't know how true that is. To me, it comes off as a little bit kind of like, oh, God, I was involved in the creation of a monster, and I don't have anything to do with it. Yeah, because when you watch the HBO documentary, he seems kind of like he's like, then she went off and did all that shit. Like, yeah. I don't know what, yeah. you know. Yeah, I wasn't involved going, in there. So she just took off. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of, like, things that people like to say about him. There's a lot of allegations that were made about him that I won't get into because, again, they're just allegations. There's not really any proof. But I think that he was more involved in it um, than he likes to uh, Maybe make out. Seeds. Now, I have a question, yeah. sort of. Uh, you're doing Go great. On. Like, yeah, thank you. Sorry, I'm, I'm really rambling. <laughs> No, no, no! You took it right off of my shoulders. I appreciate it because I was, I was just going to do a really half, haphazard sort of recap. So this is perfect. So, where do you think? And this is all speculation because, like, she isn't around to tell us, and she wouldn't if she was. But like, where do you think? Because over the course of this thing, she invents, as you said, Robin Williams. That's like I think everyone kind of gets tripped up on that because it's just yeah. so absurd. Yeah. But like, she's like, oh, Robin Williams is mixed up in this, and all these people are like our spiritual. Yeah. And then she's kind of like make like made this kind of up out of thin air, kind of created her own theology of of stuff, you know, and kind of what work, what people really gravitate to. She's like, all right, that's working. That's kind of like people really dig this thing about Robin Williams, so I'm going to keep it going. I think that that denotes a level of uh, calculating that I'm not sure she okay, yeah, yeah. had the ability to do. So these because were almost just more delusions then. That's 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 my take on it. My okay, take. Yeah, yeah. So other people might have their own take, um, and and, and see Amy as, as 
completely cold and calculating and she made all of this up for money and whatever and there may be some truth to that but I genuinely think that there is uh, um, and again I'm not here to um, diagnose anyone but there are obviously a lot of psychiatric issues here um, yeah. hearing voices um, having delusions I think that when she spoke about Robin Williams um, to, and again, to contextualise Robin Williams, and I know, and like you said, everybody kind of gets hung up on it. They're like, what on earth, Robin Williams? But in The Love Has One World, they really just view him the same way that you would view um, like an ascended master, right? Right, right. That you would view um, somebody like, uh, he's like a kind of Jesus figure. You know, he's a spiritual guide for them. And there's really no difference between... Um, that and you know other cults that channel ashtar or right, channel right, cryon yeah. or stuff like that yeah. it's just that he's a celebrity and i kind of i made i pointed this out on twitter as well like channeling of robin williams is not uh like a rare thing in the new age world there's a very weird like connection onto robin williams and a weird. lot of other like dead celebrities as well a lot of people always yeah. trying to like channel dead dead celebrities um but Robin Williams specifically is like, if you just go on YouTube and type in channeling Robin Williams, like you will be so shocked how many it's people strange. come up. So yeah, it's weird. odd. But that's the whole, and again, it leads into ch like channeling itself. It's like a new age practice. You know, people always like trying to contact their spirit guides. That is who Robin Williams is for them mm -hmm. and people like to you know one of the great bits of the documentary is where um one of the followers hope holds up the uh like an a4 photoshopped uh image of mother god and she's surrounded by her yeah, yeah. a-team with all the celebrities again like it is it's very similar to like uh, <laughs> I was going to say like an Elizabeth Clare prophet and her ascended masters, but obviously Elizabeth Clare prophet was probably a lot more calculating than uh, Amy Carlson. But it's a similar type deal, is what I'm trying to yeah, say. These are yeah. they, these are kind of like the the angels that are guiding. They're higher wisdom. They've come to join Mother God's team. They all have an assigned assigned role. Um, right. Yeah, that's the Robin Williams. I think I've forgotten the question because I keep going on rambles. No, we're just kind of we're just chatting. It's not a, <laughs> don't worry about it. So, so we'll keep this. We'll keep the narrative going here on this cult, and then we'll kind of dig more into it. So she's mixed up with Amrith. She leaves him yeah. behind. She goes to become the leader, the soul, the mother god. And from uh, I'm sort of basing this on the HBO documentary. So then, one of the interesting characters that she gets mixed up with at this point is uh, this Michael guy who becomes mm -hmm. the money guy. He's Miguel probably... Lamboy is his name. Michael okay. Michael is because he's Archangel Michael. All right, yeah. That so was that... Little, I have that yeah. scribbled out in my notes. I have like two names here. I'm like, I don't know what this guy yeah. So he's like, in my mind, he's probably one of the more, we talk about calculating, he's mm. one of the more controversial figures in the story because it's like, this guy, all the businesses are in his name. Everything is in his name. It's very mm. shady that he's like, he's the businessman of the organization. He comes in and kind of like, is like, okay, you're, you're this celestial being, you're God on earth. Let's, let's, let's form an LLC. Let's get this thing. <laughs> or, or actually it's a charitable organization, right? So yeah, it becomes, the, yeah. It becomes a, a group at that point, right? 
Yeah, and they were they were definitely a group beforehand. And again, like th- this is where I um I have a kind of uh, debate with myself as mm-hmm. to as to again what I think about because because you can have these kind of like these debates and conversations about who was who was more calculated who knew what who was only there because they knew it was a big grift who actually believed right, at the end exactly. of the day the only people that know are them right, um right. from from his actions i do genuinely believe that he thinks that amy cured his cancer because he had he had cancer um i believe it was stage 4 cancer and oh, wow. he attributed um amy of healing him from cancer mm-hmm. um and i think in his mind everything that he was doing was probably for the cause right uh, and there okay. there may have been reasons why um amy wanted everything in his name uh you know things that i'm not gonna speculate about right right but he, so he kind of he was involved um when she was with Amareth, um, yeah, and he, he almost, was involved in these. Goals. He almost strikes me in a sense like he, watching it all unfold in a sense, he almost strikes me as sort of like the adult in the room, or who's like, yeah, who's like, well, look, and look, he's look, got a people very... are sending us a shitload of money. We need to actually yeah. have a bank account, guys. Yeah, like we need to have like we need to pay property taxes. Like we have to do like adult shit. If we're yes, keep exactly. This party going. He he lived in New York. He worked for the UN, supposedly. Some people like to say that he didn't work for the UN and his CV is fake. Um, it's debatable, but I'm, I don't know whether or not that was a lie. He appears to have been like relatively su- relatively successful. Like in I don't know in what terms you want to measure success, but just like a, a kind of regular New York yeah. guy. Um, and he was also kind of very much, I can't, again, this is me speculating. Mm-hmm. When I listen to him talk, and there are, um, you know, some, uh, well, there aren't any more. There used to be tons of stuff of him online, but they deleted, um, like, every video on their YouTube channel. Um, oh, he comes across to me as somebody that probably <laughs> is well-versed in something like neuro-linguistic programming. He's like very kind of convincing when you talk to him, very softly spoken. He's got, it's almost like he's, he's, um, I don't know how to phrase it. Like, like mesmerizing kind of. Yeah, kind of like you'd sit in front of him and he'd tell you a story and you, and you, you know, kind of, um, you kind of end up, but I, I weirdly want to compare him to like a uh, what I would imagine Rick Doty was like in the eighties when, like, the very early eighties when he started you, yeah, started, yeah. started doing all the disinformation, you know, because people talk about how he was very charismatic and very, um, you know, believable. And you look at the person now and you're like, are you kidding me? But like, right, right. Um, so he kind of comes across like that. Um. So he kind of he came from uh, New York, joined, left with Amy. There was this whole idea of in uh, this whole story that Amy was put in a closet by Amareth, and that Amareth was doing all these awful things, and that's why they left. Um, right. And they they uh, left for Mount Shasta, and they got a house uh, in in Mount Shasta, and that's where 
um, things kind of started to grow much more cult-like yeah. in the, yeah. in the sense of like actively recruiting people. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's yeah, that's kind of an that's, issue. Yeah, that's the impression I get. Yeah, then then people start to come there and and live yeah. there, and and it becomes like a live-in thing. Yeah, uh, where, where there's first, a lot. First, like she was just sort of like an online guru. Yeah. And then people are like, we're going to come and fucking live with you. Yeah. And then it becomes a commune almost. A cult. Yes. Yes. A co- it becomes like a commune with her yeah. at the center of it. Exactly. So that the big kind of recruitment push, I would say, happened around where you get most of the members that joined is around 2017, 2018. That's where like a lot of the people that you see in the documentary joined. But right, other right. people that are in the documentary, people like Mary, were there from like the very beginning. Like she was there like way back with Amaris. Um, and there were so many father gods in that time period that it's really difficult to keep track of them all um so there's obviously andrew who was in the documentary um who uh talks about you know how he left and stuff but after um he left there was another couple of father gods that were down in florida so amy moved to florida for a a very short while i think she lived in clearwater of all places which is like scientology um place and she was very much attracted to Disneyland. Um, Disneyland was a big part of uh, Amy's story um, that's uh, not really made it into the documentary, but Amy kind of was really almost like living out a childhood dream in a sense. Um, she would dress up as Belle. Um, yeah, yeah. There's like videos of her having like marriage a marriage ceremony with one of the one of the many father gods. Um, some of which I don't even know the names of, um, down in Florida. There was talk of she'd have to go to Florida to open different portals and stuff, and she'd be, <laughs> yeah, you know, all this kind of stuff, you know, get, yeah, yeah. get mother to Disneyland for her joy. Because everything is about, again, with, with Love Has One, as the time um, kind of progressed, the basic idea was that uh, Amy is a representation of the earth. She is Mother God, she is the Earth, she is Gaia. And because us as human beings are destroying the Earth, therefore we're destroying Mother's body, right? Humanity aren't getting it. We're not ascending with Amy. We're working against her, Mother God, and she is taking on all of our pain and trauma and everything. So everything that we're doing to the planet would somehow have an effect on Amy's body to the point where they they would film like lesions that she that weren't healing on her body because obviously by a certain point her body was in a very serious state of physical decline because of anorexia drug use colloidal silver they would take videos of her body and like these sores that she had and they would say they were like volcanic eruptions on her body um and, and that her body is the representative of the earth itself. So if we're killing the earth, then we are ultimately um, killing and harming Mother God um, because she is she is Gaia. Um, so, yeah. So, I've, again, I've gone yes. off on No, no, no. Kid. We're good. We're good. Don't worry about it. So, yeah. So <laughs> I'm kind of tracing this back through, like, the HBO series in a sense. And it's like mm-hmm. there's certainly, like, a party atmosphere when they all kind of show up. When, it's, when oh, the yeah. commune first kind of gets going, it's like, shit, I kind of want to. 
I, I bet you that would be an awesome time that night, like when they're all kind of all just together, uh, they're all finally showed up and everything. Yeah. And and so over time, they kind of turn this into like a storefront kind of situation where they they're selling a bunch of shit. They're selling all kinds of like just everything they could sell, you know, yeah. from merchandise to all kinds of healing products and stuff. Also, mm-hmm. it's worth pointing out that that she's doing these, as you mentioned in your documentary, it's sort of like a psychic. A psychic McAfee or whatever, like she's like going yeah. in. And, yeah, <laughs> etheric you talk surgery. About her, yes, the etheric surgeries. Yeah. That was their big. That was their massive. Um, not only for money, but also recruiting tool. So that's how they kind of got everybody there. So she was doing that that from the very early days. She would um, she'd do it in these tiny chat rooms that I was talking about where she would uh, claim to basically perform a psychic surgery on you in your yeah. in your on your etheric body. Um, obviously not your physical body and um, that she would go inside you and she'd kind of, you know, d- d- fiddle about a little bit, fix some bits up and then you'd be good to go. Right. But it really, what it was is a recruiting tactic. Um, once you had paid your, I think it was like $66. Once you paid your $66, they then give you like a handbook from your etheric surgery and you'd be in contact with the people constantly people checking yeah, in with yeah. you so it very much was that kind of like love bombing like come in um join join right, us right. kind of deal and for the unfortunate people who like maybe maybe it was placebo effect maybe it was luck or whatever maybe they're like oh that's weird my back doesn't hurt anymore and then it's like and oh, i've got shit. yeah i've yeah, got yeah. no doubt that it worked for people no doubt no doubt at all and again i don't i don't doubt um the belief that a lot of these people have and I don't think yeah. that they're that here's the thing their belief that Amy is God is not the issue with with love has one and I don't really right. think it's ever been the issue um you know if you're a this is where it gets into the gray territory right because the people that were drawn to Amy not all of them but the majority of them can you can trace back um probably the moment that their lives started to go in a certain way that would lead them to someone like Amy. And it doesn't all right. look the same. It's not all kind of like your textbook, I've got no money, therefore I, I need to do something because this person's telling me I'm going to be prosperous um, I, and therefore I need to follow this person or I've had a horrendous trauma that's happened to me and therefore I'm going to end right. up following this person. Like for some people, it was as simple as like a breakup. A breakup that sent them spiraling off in one direction and, um, you know, got eventually led them to Amy. Um, yeah. It's not like a one-size-fits-all scenario. Um, so I've got a lot of maybe maybe misplaced empathy for a lot of the people that believe and still do believe. Like, the, most no, of them, I pretty totally much understand. Yeah. every single person in the HBO documentary is still a believer. Um, yeah, yeah. My issue with it... It's obviously when it turns into a high control group, people uh, can be abused and were abused on a on a pretty much daily basis. Um, even if the people inside it can't see that that is abuse, some of the things they live streamed were utterly horrific. Um, right, right. And also the ideology of it. Um, we're talking hardcore fascism. We're talking uh, Holocaust denial. We're talking... Uh, one of the father gods who's featured in the documentary who then becomes father of the multiverse, John, 
they call him FM. But the, and they also call him Larry because he's also a uh, Hilarion, who's again another like ascended master, goes back to Blavatsky um, theosophy. But he's also um, the reincarnation of Hitler. And apparently Hitler was working for the light and was a really good guy. And um, he only did, again, I, uh, no, I'll, I I'll tell you what they believe. Yes. You're they, recounting this. So yeah, don't take this out of yeah, context. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but their, their belief, and they said this on their live streams, this comes from right. their mouth, is that the concentration camps were set up because the Nazis wanted to teach Jewish people how to work because the Jewish people were lazy and just wanted money. Jesus. Yeah. So that's yeah. where it goes. The issue is not with you're following this woman who's preaching lovely enlightenment. That's not mm. the issue. You know, if you want to just follow any sort of new age belief, that's fine. The problem is the fascism that is baked into it. Yeah. And again, like their beliefs crossed over with everything. I mean, right. anything you can imagine because they were so plugged into the internet, right? So they were basically just a hodgepodge of of new age, conspiracy theories, UFOs, pretty much everything, everything yeah. you can think of was kind of worked into their theology. Right, right. So they're cruising along as this, uh, and I guess well, before we get into Jason Castillo, because that's like when the mm -hmm. whole thing takes a, a really dark turn, even darker, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. It's it's worth noting, and this kind of is, serves as the backbone of the whole HBO thing and how you were the consulting producer. I'm sure you advised and talked endlessly to these folks about what you know about this when they were like, <laughs> tell us everything. You were probably like, all right, sit down. Sit down. We're going to be here a while. But the crazy part, and I think that what blows a lot of people away from the HBO special, um, and this is thanks to you for digging this all up and I guess saving it or whatever, it's like, they filmed everything. Like oh, they yeah. filmed so much stuff. It's yeah. It's insane. And as I said, it's very much contemporaneous. It's very much of our time. It's it's like what you would imagine these cults like you always kind of see her these old timey cults. You're like, I wonder what it was like day to day. It's like, yeah. well, these these people they, they showed it. everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. They had um they had about just under three thousand videos on their YouTube channel. So That's when insane. I when I was working on it, working on making my documentary, I maybe watched about half of them. Um, but working on the HBO documentary, that was pretty much my main role. Like on a full-time basis was watching those videos oh and God. picking out bits. And yeah, so the, the, the very good decision was made by Hannah, the director, to kind of save everything on their YouTube channel because they eventually ended up um, deleting it. So. Right. Um, through how we managed to get like every every live stream downloaded and even some of the ones that they'd previously deleted um yeah. and yeah it was just like having to but well, I say having to watch like it, it's interesting absolutely to to watch it it definitely takes a toll on you your mental health because yeah. these these live streams I mean they were streaming for uh, three hours in the morning and three hours in the evening. And some oh of the God. streams in the evening would go on maybe six hours. And they would turn oh into group God. karaoke sessions and then also group abuse sessions. When I say abuse, I mean they would stand up uh, a cult member, most usually um, John, who's father of the multiverse, and they would berate him for about two hours. Oh and God. it was, yeah. And, and a lot of this stuff ev eventually didn't make its way into the um, documentary which 
I I understand for like time period um time and stuff and you know yeah, like, yeah. you can only include so much but there is a lot of of um abuse that that was documented by them that i don't think enough people have seen um because there's a lot of focus on like the very infamous video that amy filmed herself of screaming i want chicken parmesan or you've got me meatballs i don't want me that's like for me that is like a a drop in the ocean of some of the things um right right the the i have seen from then yeah, that's kind of the off-putting part in a sense. It's a lot of it's off-putting, obviously, but it's like yeah. she is she carries herself off as this charismatic love and light thing, and because they film so much, it's like she's kind of well, she is. She's just fucking mean, and it's yeah. like really. But that's like for them. For them, though, that's called the dragon energy. That's what they would say. That would oh, they okay. would say, "Mum's dragons coming out." So that was part of, it. and again, like. I can kind of understand the thought the thought process here because if you look at you know like Christianity for essentially you, know, you, you sometimes have the idea of like a vengeful God you know God right, is wrathful right. God is God can be mean and that's yeah. kind of what was coming through Amy is this real meanness and there was this one there's one great live stream where um a guy comes and he did later join his name's Ricky and he comes and he's it's hilarious because you can see because they're just walking around the house filming you can see him come through the front door and they're like oh we're going to introduce you to mother god we're going to introduce you he comes and he's like they're telling me you're god like you're like prove to me that you're god and she just goes off at him like but it's like an hour and a half of like her trying to convince him that she's god and she'll like yell and stuff and sometimes she'll be quite coherent but like it's there's so much that was filmed that they that they put out it's like an astounding amount and like things things that didn't make it in that i that i um you know I saw some comments that people, because I kind of look at what people are saying about it and stuff, and there were yeah, you know, sure. comments and I comments that I got on, on my YouTube video after the documentary had come out, where people would say things like, "Why didn't Amy's parents intervene? Why didn't her mom go and try and get her back? Why didn't her sisters go?" There right. were live streams where the cult would be calling Amy's mom on the live stream to like yell at her or like yell at her mom like these they they were genuinely like scared and with good reason i think like i don't necessarily think that they would have been harmed but like there were streams that i watched where cult followers would just call amy's mom over and over again and then there would be there tons of streams where they would they would call her out by name call her all the names under the sun like horrific abuse yelling screaming just awful wild yeah so this guy uh where do i have the name here jason castillo Castillo. he's the final the final father god figure he comes onto the scene he's got a criminal background he's kind of a shady character yeah um and so then that thing that he he that's when things really take a start going down downhill um in the story, in a sense, not like it already wasn't kind of going down. <laughs> Definitely going downhill, but, but he, yeah, I would say I would say it's fair to say he accelerated it quite a lot. And 
he was very much like that from the beginning. Even in the first couple of months of him being there, um, I think before, I'm fairly certain this was before he had his swearing-in ceremony as Father God. And I can't remember, actually, whether or not this is, um, whether this is, like, said in the documentary, but he, all of the Father Gods are also Lucifer, um, I can't remember if that was actually yeah, said in the that. documentary. I don't think I remember that. Yeah. So essentially, like, Mother God is the lightest of the light, right? She's like the 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 bringer of the light. The Father God energy is Luciferian energy. So the whole okay. idea is that um, while Mother God was creating the light, Father God had to go and, like, harvest the darkness or something like that for, like, 5,000 years or, like, 500,000 years, and now they're finally back together again. Oh, yes, you mentioned this this in your documentary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it's it's this big whole kind of, like, crazy love story, in a sense. Like, a very fucked-up love story. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) it's a love story no matter what, you know, for them. Um, and for a couple of, you know, raging alcoholics and drug addicts, you know, that can, um, well, it was obviously quite inspiring for them. But Jason kind of comes onto the scene in 2018. And even before he's sworn in as Father God, he has a lot of issues with the group. So there was like, I'm trying to remember like the specifics and it's on like a live stream. But again, these are all deleted now. Um but he was essentially threatening to behead um, people within the group and they had to, like, tase him, but he wouldn't go down. So, like, he would, like, he was, like, resisting the tasing. Like, I mean, we're talking, like, crazy shit. And I think think the person that he beheaded, I say the person, I think it was a child that he threatened. Like, it was just awful, awful stuff. Abusive to followers, but obviously... And then they kind of, Amy would do this thing with him where she would kind of send him away, go away, like, you know, she's in control. Um, but then he would just find his way back. And whenever he found his way back, that was through like a divine plan, right? So like, he'd throw, and, and it's mentioned a bit in the doc because um, he uh, traveled to find them, but he didn't know where they were, but he ended up there anyway, right? These yeah. are like signs, synchronicities that they're on the right path, the universe is guiding them, so Father God, the, the, the universe brought Father God back, therefore he must be the real Father God. All of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He brought like a people, dark, like a really dark, yeah. tyrannical sort of edge. And, and almost but that's what he a, was supposed to do, because he's uh, see, Lucifer. Yeah. So when okay, you understand so that... It, in a way. Yeah, 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 exactly. When you understand that, that's like... Uh, trying to get yourself in the mentality of what these people yeah. believe is like that behavior is what lucifer would do right like yeah. that just, so it's that like just permissible proves. in their eyes yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah well it's very interesting too in a psychological sort of sense like almost like a stanford prison experiment kind of way where it's like okay what if we yeah. take this dude with dark tendencies and we put him in charge of a cult yeah. uh, or give him the power of like you know second in command of the cult and he just, you can tell he kind of relishes in, in the ability to be be that Luciferian energy. It's like, oh, shit, this is... Amy was definitely, spooky. I think, I, I feel like Amy was definitely still in control. She was still the one that was running the ship, right? Yeah. So, again, like, there's... I don't know how much I agree with the narrative that, like, Amy lost control of her creation and... um 
ultimately fell victim to it. I mean, yes, you, there's enough of an there's enough evidence there that you can definitely strongly make that argument. I don't think that's the only um, argument that could be made, though. She definitely believed in a lot of this stuff. Um, and even though Jason did have like this negative energy and definitely contributed to the downfall of both, you know, Love Has One, but also Amy Carlson herself, I do, I do think that she'd probably, she would not be in a good state, but I think she would most likely be alive today if it wasn't for Jason. Um, because yeah. you're talking about somebody that's got his own addiction um, issues and, you know, a lot of meth involvement, allegedly. Um she was still it was still her her creation right she was right, right. she was still mother god they didn't worship him right right they exactly. were yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they would they would say that they never worshiped anyone and amy would say i don't i don't want followers i don't want people to worship me um but i can't really think of another word for it for, for right, what it exactly. was exactly yeah yeah you know? if she had been like all right everybody this guy's got to go or whatever then oh, they would follow he, her they would follow yeah. him yeah, yeah exactly and and yeah. you see that you see that in what's happened afterwards she's died he's got one pair two people that are following him basically which is luna who was not in, involved in the well she was involved but she didn't make it into the hbo documentary and uh, john father of the multiverse who's still following jason and i think a lot of that has to do with abuse between them yeah. um yeah, yeah. and and you know a shared grief of amy's passing because they were both amy's partners they both right, right. they were both partners. They were in a thruple basically. So oh. there's a lot of grief tied in there. But nobody else has followed Jason, right? So the, right. You, a lot of people would think, okay, well Amy's dead. Surely they should follow Jason afterwards. Go after it. Go after him because he's the second in command, right? But he was never really in command. It was right, exactly. it was all Amy centric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. It, within the time frame of this, so he comes aboard. At some point along the way, her health starts to fail, um, yeah. as you said earlier, through alcohol abuse, colloidal silver, which is the mm -hmm. crazy part, too. This is like COVID-19 comes up, and they're kind of like, <laughs> which is just, with, with unstable people, COVID-19 was like the worst fucking thing that could have happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I follow, I, I, I had just sort of started following uh, the flat earth community and they went mm. fucking nuts too. So it was yeah. like, all right, if you're. If well, you're, again, if you're, around this, yeah. around this time, you've got Q come up as well. Exactly. Right. Which right. So, yeah, massive they get mixed up with the Q stuff yeah. too. Yeah. 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 They took on, they took on a lot of it. The, um, they were massive, really big fans of Trump. Trump was, uh, when Amy was in a past life, uh, queen of Lemuria, Donald Trump was her dad. So he's like the, uh, the he's been like the re reincarnation. So yeah, stuff like that, you know, like QAnon, which right. I won't get into, but I think there's a lot of interesting things that you could get into with QAnon. You know, like the origins of it, the weaponization of it, very useful for some people. Makes you wonder right. whether where where exactly it came from. But that kind of stuff all got looped in with their narrative and um, they mentioned it constantly and some people say oh well they only mentioned these kind of things as a recruiting device they they didn't really believe in anything and they put it all together just to recruit more people i don't think that's true i think that they absolutely believed in it because by the yeah, time all the yeah, q stuff seen. started coming in it was just kind of the q stuff is just a a, a, a rehashing of, of older like conspiracy stuff right and, right, and they were right, really yeah. into everything yeah so, yeah 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 it's uh the QAnon stuff, yeah, it's a repurposing of, of sort of the old 
a lot of the old, well, all of the old conspiracy theories, really. There's nothing yeah. really particularly fresh about it. Um, yeah. So her health is failing. Well, you mentioned, like, you don't think necessarily that she lost control of, of the situation. But at some point, it does seem like she was super sick. Mm. And they're like, look, we're not taking her to the fucking hospital because, mm. you know, it's the the non-believers or whatever. The, the, the cabal will get her. Yeah. The cabal wanted her body. They want to kill Mother God. Right. Um, so therefore, if we go and sit, the 3D hospitals are run right. by the cabal, right? And again, it's this rejection of 3D medicine, anything to do with modern medicine. Because in those worlds, modern medicine makes you sick, right? It, it's and And there are... I don't want to sound like, you know, I don't think this is a conspiracy theorist to say, but I do think they've got valid points about, you know, like uh, involvement of capitalism in medicine, 100%. Oh, yeah, and, sure. you know, yeah. the profiting um, that people uh, do on the backs of sick people, um, 100%. And that's like, a, that's a massive part of this that never really gets addressed, right? Because everybody always wants to go like, oh, these horrible conspiracy theorists spreading stuff but it's like nobody ever wants to address the reasons why people get to the point that they yeah they exactly reject yeah, yeah. modern medicine right which i'm 100 percent like i'm fully fully for modern medicine right i'm not like a but i un also understand where these people how these people get to that point exactly yeah because yeah. you see these people being you know exploiting others and you see massive pharmaceutical companies exploiting people and if you don't have like if you can't process that in a certain way, it can lead you down some really dark paths where other people can take advantage of your genuine and very well um, reasoned criticism of like the pharmaceutical industry, right? It can be right, exploited exactly. by a lot of bad actors, um, which again is what I think happens here. Like they just stumble into this web of conspiracy stuff and there's really like no way of them um, getting out of it. So in regards to the health stuff, because obviously she's a massive drinker. Right, right. And again, I can't remember exactly what the autopsy claimed as the um, cause of death. A lot of it was to do with anorexia. She had a lot of yeah. um, food issues throughout her life. Um, and obviously as she's drinking more, she's not eating. Um, and as she becomes skinnier, that's something to be lauded right that's something to that's really positive thing and it's said as much in the cult that that uh, amy not eating food is then kind of translated into um well she's in 5d therefore in 5d you don't need as much food right yeah yeah um we're all transitioning out of needing as much food you know we all don't need to we don't need to eat as much all of that kind of stuff right, right. so she's drinking um and i mean when she's drinking and they do mention it in the documentary as well we're talking in in a day she'd drink like 10 beers uh lots of vodka tequila um she was doing she was on stuff like rick simpson oil which is like potent thc um smoking weed there's been meth allegations um they were doing mushroom trips i mean this is a fucking cocktail of drugs that will just right. like i mean i can't even imagine but yeah, like but yeah. she's done so much that at some point she becomes like almost immune to it in a sense she's got to keep going and going and going and going yeah, and going yeah, yeah. The and it's, almost, yeah. yeah at some point i want to say this happens again i can't remember the exact date but i want to say at some point around 2019 2020 she loses she claims to not be able to walk anymore think this was around 2019 and you can point to different things 
that may have caused that um probably with alcohol related something to do with nerves um yeah some people claim that she could still walk and she just wanted to be carried around but she was clearly not well um, right, and she right, clearly right. was you know in a bad state so she'd be like carried on and off live streams um put down in the chair then picked up and off the chair um and you just started to see again in this time after like 2019 i say even after 2018 she rarely appeared on camera anymore and it wasn't because she was looking bad she was just kind of the cult had kind of taken over at that point she had right, you know right. this group of followers they were the ones that were doing the live stream they were spreading the message of mother god so mm-hmm. for for almost a decade it had been her in front of the camera very ethereal sounding spreading a message but then she's got a group of people who can proselytize for her so yeah. she no longer has to do it um so she stopped appearing on those live streams around 2018 and um she would make like very rare appearances um sometimes sometimes she'd call in most of the time she'd be belligerently drunk um and they had like a skype group which was uh all of their all the people that were actually in love has one you know like as members yeah, they yeah. had their etheric surgery they were part of the group now um that's where they would kind of talk and there was some infiltration of that from um researchers um at the time who had kind of got into that group and they posted up pictures of amy end of I want to say like mid 2020 towards the end of uh 2021 so in mid 2020 i'm pretty certain that's when she's in hawaii i'm trying to remember all these dates okay, off the yeah, top yeah, of yeah. my head she's in hawaii she was on dr phil she ain't looking good like she's looking quite blue and and she did a couple of live streams when she was in hawaii on her phone one of them she does a tequila shot she immediately throws up her face is blue i mean it's just awful awful and there were a few photographs that were circulated in this skype group that i was talking about and these photographs were really bad i mean she was and these were some of the ones that we included in the documentary and you can see that she's blue that she's frail that she is dying dying, and it's like yeah it's absolutely insane and then yeah yeah. i think that's part of the captivating part of the story in a sense is like if you watch from the beginning to the end it's a very you know she when she starts out and she's mixed up with amaranth and all that she's She's glowing, she's positive, she's super yeah. full of light and love, and, like, it's a tragedy because you can watch this person who's being, whose who self-destructive impulses are being enabled by this mm-hmm. group, um, you can see her slowly die, and it's, yeah. it, I mean, it, I think in your documentary, um, I'm sure it was, must have been, <coughs> excuse me, it must have been kind of mind-blowing for you because you're making this documentary, and at the end, you're like, this is serious, folks. This lady's in trouble. And then it's like, fucking, she dies while, yeah. while you're while making, I'm making it. Yeah. You're trying to sound the alarm about this situation. Yeah. Um, so we'll jump ahead a little bit. So she dies. Yeah. And she's supposed to, they're all kind of waiting for her to die because when she dies, they're going to come. The spaceship is going to come. It's a very heavy yeah. gate. <laughs> Ooh, let me get a drink here. No worries. Uh-uh. So it's very heaven's gate, very when prophecy fails in a way, because it's like she's the the 
text or whatever, the idea, the, the mythos yeah. that she's built up around her, she's going to die. Spaceship's going to come, take her away, yeah. take them away, presumably. None of that happens. And essentially, they're kind of standing around stuck with a fucking dead body. Yeah. And that's when they, um, there's a lot, they took a lot of the videos in the hotel room that they were in. Um, with the EMF root meter like up against her feet um, they, they looked after again I, I want to this could be a controversial opinion um, but they didn't necessarily they got charged with abuse of a corpse um, right. which sounds like you know sounds like what it sounds like yeah, but sounds they didn't sinister. actually yeah they didn't actually abuse the corpse they they I don't want yeah, to sound like too controversial and defensive. It's like, yeah, look, you can't, just, yeah. yeah, it's like, look, even if you love and worship this dead body, it still falls under the umbrella of abuse. Yeah, exactly. So they didn't do anything horrific with her. They just kind of like carted her around, but they they cared for her as if she was still alive. So they right. they had um they still a, another big part of love has one is is they would always keep a diary. The diary for them is like uh, the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. It the story of God. So in a way they're all her disciples or they're they're her archaeas and they're her masters and whatever. So they were right still writing in this diary that they were, you know, giving her a tincture, putting some water drops in her mouth. I mean she's dead, but they're still yeah. carrying out this very kind of like it it's it, very bizarre. It's bizarre to me, but it's um Sometimes I feel like, and I don't think it was sensationalised in the, in the HBO documentary because I think it's interesting that you do get a glimpse, especially with them telling their own narrative, you do get to almost see it through their eyes. And I know that it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but it definitely, I, I can see how it made sense to them. Yeah. Still kind of looking after her. And, and again, like they, they didn't want to give her body up. Um, right, exactly. Because, yeah, because yeah. in this kind of spiritual war that they're in, the cabal, you know, the people that don't want us to ascend to 3D, uh, sorry, to 5D, the people that want to keep us stuck in a low density, they will take mother's body and do mm-hmm. God knows what to it. Right, right. And right. and and, and that couldn't at all costs or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that that shouldn't uh, that can't be allowed to happen in their eyes. Um, so they go camping. Um, with the body which leads to this kind of like very bizarre you know almost weekend at bernie's type scenario yeah. which yeah, is yeah. just you know very disturbing it's kind of like a it's like black comedy right it it's you don't want to laugh at it because it's not funny but it, there's these elements within it that you're like it's so absurd that you're like right. what the fuck are you doing yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're going camping with a dead body. You're sleeping next to a dead body. You know, she's dead. Yeah. It, it's just, it's just wild. Um. So yeah, she she sadly passed away. Um, and uh, they went camping for a while. Brought uh, then Jason, um, and uh, John, father of the multiverse, and I believe uh, Ryan. No, no, I think. I can't remember where Ryan was. I can't remember the specifics of it anyway. But they go from the campground back to Crestone, Colorado, where this this conflicting scenario happens. So they get there in the evening, apparently. This is, again, debatable. But they arrive there in the evening, 
and apparently leave her body in the car overnight. She's like in the back of the car outside the Creston house. While I don't think Michael is there. So the the house is in Michael's name, but he says it in his police interview. He says it's like his house and he he didn't really know these people. These people come back and they expect to stay here. And it's like, this is their, they they might not be their house in name, but they have lived there before. They're not strangers. Like their headquarters or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they allegedly leave the body overnight in the car and then bring her in um, the next day, set her up in the bed with the Christmas lights. And again, like it's not, it's made out to be this, like they mummified her and put her in Christmas lights. For them, it's, it is like a, it's like a worship thing. It's like we need to right, make mother right. comfortable. And her, and she was not mummified. She was just decomposed. See, you're already dealing with a woman that was extremely anorexic and blue at the time of death. When you're talking, you know, like seven to ten days afterwards or however long it was, she's, you know, not going to be looking good. Let's just say that. Yeah. yeah, So there was no mummification involved. And obviously when you're decomposing, not to get too graphic about it, but the people fixate on the eyes. Well, the eyes are, you know, I'm not not like a human scientist or anything but your eyes are you know kind of like gelatinous and, and wet yeah, they're, like they're, the they're, they're the first yeah, things yeah. to go exactly yeah. so they just that they, they go straight away they didn't cut out her eyes or do anything horrific like that yeah. they put her in christmas lights because that was the theme of the room if you see amy's room her bedroom it's very childlike it's very like dolphins and uh, sparklers and toys and trinkets and all of this kind of stuff um and it's kind of building like a, a fantasy um almost for her yeah. um so for them that was you know an act of of kind of looking after her wrapping her up in the sleeping bag and then putting her in the christmas light um so yeah uh Then the cops come and they find the body, but nobody gets in trouble for any of this, which is kind of remarkable. Well, so, so Michael eventually, right? They they initially they're going to charge and they're like, ah, yeah. Michael claims to um go to the house, come back to the house. He he claims that he was off doing something with a laptop, dropping someone off at the airport. Blah 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 blah. blah. Claims to come back to the house. Now the person sleeping in that house as well. You've got two children. You I won't name them, but one of them is Miguel's son. Um, Miguel's son that he has with Faith. Um, the child's name is Drake. He's been in that cult since birth. Um, according to Michael on one of the live streams, um, one of the first things that Drake ever said he but he was bought it's okay they try not to do like inside baseball and explain it to people that aren't as brain rotted as me so um faith and michael have this baby called drake um and on one of their live streams they said that after drake was born a couple of days after he was born they introduced drake the baby to mother god and he asked mother god for a cigarette not sure not sure how true that is <laughs> um, not sure whether a newborn, but it does. But again, that kind of makes me wonder what uh, what that house was like for children. But I can only right, spe- right. speculate. I mean, it, uh, from what we've seen, uh, absolutely horrific. There were two children in that house. Um, the other one was uh, a teenager, um, but very early teens. Um, and that that teenager had uh, allegedly um, been required to sit by Mother God deceased and read her stories um which is yeah which is quite again i don't know how true that is that's just something i've heard 
Um, so anyway, Miguel comes back to the to the house where Amy's body is, and apparently they, they Jason says to him, "Come in, come and see Mother." Um, and and Miguel claims that he was so freaked out, tried to take Drake, but they wouldn't let him take Drake, his baby. So he goes um, to the cops um, in Mafat. Um, I believe I don't. Th- I don't think he went to the crest. I'm, I'm trying to remember all this off the top of my head. So apologies mm-hmm. if I'm messing right. anything up. Um, so he goes to the police, and that's where there's a body cam footage. And in that body cam footage, which I think you can watch pretty much all of it on YouTube, I think the whole thing's been uploaded. Um, you can kind of see what I mean about this kind of neuro-linguistic programming way of speaking and him very much trying to distance himself from any type of involvement. Some have yeah. claimed that he knew they were coming. Some have claimed that, you know, he he knew that Amy was there, that they didn't leave the body in the car overnight. It's so debatable. You could debate it until the cows come home. The only right, person right. that really knows what happened to the people that were there. Exactly. Um, but either way, he was the one that reported it. Um, even though he still believed in Amy, and I and I, I just still think that again, a lot of people like to say that he was the architect of you know the money man, and then he runs off and he does blah, 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 blah. I still think that he did believe, um, and this wasn't all just about money. But obviously, once he shot them in to the police, um, and he's got access to all of the bank accounts, takes the money and runs essentially, right, and leaves yeah, yeah. them leaves them to be um, arrested. So they're all arrested, again, all caught on body cam. Um, they're not all arrested, sorry, that's me misspeaking. The people that are in Crestone are arrested. Um, right. Some of the other team members um, then went off to Vermont um, and, and kind of managed to get out of it that way, um, of, of having any involvement. But they were arrested under uh, for abuse of a corpse, I think it was like child neglect or something like that. Yeah, there, yeah. there was charges about children involved with it as well. Um, and there was a whole kind of, so I was watching the court cases because you could log in because it was COVID. You could log in and watch it all on WebEx, ah, yeah. which was very interesting. And they'd, they'd bring in, they'd bring in like uh, Jason and <laughs> like in his uh, cuffs and stuff or on this webcam thing. And, Again, I don't want to get too much into this, but I would just because I don't know the details, I don't have them to hand right now. But I will say that there's a, there have been a lot of concerns about um, the court system in that specific area in regards to this case and related cases. That there's some kind of there, there's been police corruption there before, and again, oh, yeah. I, I think I mentioned this in my documentary, um, my original one on YouTube. Yes, you do, yeah. But some of the police corruption that has gone on there, some of it weirdly coincides um, with Love Has One's movement. Um, I'm not making any insinuations. I'm just, I'm just highlighting things of interest. Um, and there are a lot of people that post stuff on Reddit who talk about. Uh, some of the people involved in the courts in this specific area are um, corrupt. That's the allegation. Um, yeah. So I don't know how much of that um, played a role. Okay. Um, I know that the, so like, the, the charges Colorado, get do the charges get dropped, or are these guys still facing they were dropped. the charges got they dropped? Were dropped yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, and like. 
again, I don't. What could you charge them for? You could have charged them with carrying a corpse across state lines. I guess. I guess. Yeah, like abuse, yeah, kind of abuse of a corpse, but it, it ultimately. I mean, they, nobody was nobody was ever going to be charged for murder in this case, and I don't right. think that Amy was murdered. I don't don't think that she was. Right. There's a bit in the HBO documentary that where um, Jason says something along the lines of "I killed her." Um, he's not talking literally. Um, yeah, it's yeah. you know, he's talking about spiritually. Um, he is, and again, so much of that is his role in this weird theology because he is this lucifer figure he's the darkness to her light so there's so much of that baked in um it's what i was talking about earlier like this encouragement uh, for for him to be this darkness but he has to control it like that's his task is to to finally manage to control that darkness there's like dark forces inside him it's wild, man. It's a wild, it's a wild, wild story. So this yeah. money man, he he eventually he just get he just takes off with the money, right? That kind of has yeah. never really been accounted for. He just has the money. Yeah, nobody. As far as I know, there have been no signs of him since he left the U.S. I think he might be in Mexico because there's oh, some wow. lovers, one believers down in Mexico. There was the, the, again, and this is something. Um, Do we have any again, idea how much money? like this might have been like how much money was in there there's sort of uh I think like according bank. to according to some of them it was 300,000 all right okay so it's not a small amount right right, no, right. It's definitely not small and th- this this group as well were global so they had uh followers in the uk they had some of them were really close to me actually i found one of them that was like maybe about <laughs> half an hour away from me which was kind of spooky um they had followers, a lot of followers in Australia that, that would uh, stream. Um, I think South Africa, they had followers as well. And down in Mexico, they had some followers, definitely in Canada. Um, but this wasn't just America-centric. And okay. with it being right. online, and again, like now, um, they, again, appear to be actively doing stuff i i don't follow them as closely as i did and maybe i should i don't know <laughs> i don't know whether i should for my mental health um but they they're definitely um still very much active very much recruiting people still um and a lot of their stuff is somewhat cloaked um so you can find a lot of their content through just regular astrology stuff and it all kind of looks yeah. really nice and and they don't some of the, they got multiple different websites but most of them don't overtly talk about amy carlson right, um right. so it's it's kind of hidden under like a kind of like a glossy new age veneer at the moment but it's still yeah. they're still very much the same beliefs interesting so the, did they all kind of disperse into their own worlds in a way like they're of, still i still think most of them are still friends with each other yeah um but i don't think i think a few of them live live together but i not in this kind of like communal um because the way that they were living they would call it like spiritual boot camp yeah they were, yeah, ba- yeah. They were basically being trained by amy living with her being with her was like training spiritual training right, and now right. they're kind of off doing their own thing but very, yeah. still very much believe. Did when you saw 
the documentary, because I'm trying to imagine this from your perspective in a way, because you, you made your documentary um, and you're like com- the complete outsider watching this. And you're like, hey, everyone, this crazy shit is happening. So I don't have the name of the HBO documentarian off the top of my head, I'm sure. Hannah, Hannah Austin. Yeah. So Hannah. So she makes the documentary. How I think one of the more astounding parts of that documentary is that all these people sat down to talk about the whole experience, which you almost never really see from a cult documentary unless they're people who got out of it. So I guess, first of all, what was that experience like for you as someone who was watching these people? And now you're like, oh, holy shit, it's this guy. It's that guy. It's the person from the video. And now they're opening up. Yeah, yeah. Really weird. Really weird. Because through working on it, getting to see these interviews, getting to watch them, um, and like the the whole interview, it's really compelling. And also um, really important to listen to these people talk, um, especially for someone like me who's interested in um, these kind of belief systems, where they come from, and also try and my best sometimes I'm not good at it but trying to at least approach it in a way that isn't extremely judgmental I do really struggle when we get into the realm of of some of their belief systems that I find absolutely repugnant and I will call them out and I'm I'm not going to self-censor myself in the just trying to have empathy for people when something is blatantly wrong but hearing people's stories where they came from and hearing their version of events and also finding out so much more stuff than I ever thought I would know. Right. That was another um, question I had for you. What What did you, was there anything in, that you learned, as you say, you learned a lot. So was there anything that you learned in, in the HBO documentary that you, who is, you know, a love is one kind of expert here, <laughs> you were, you were on the case where you were, when you were watching the documentary or, or when, as it was being made, where you're like, Oh, holy shit. I never knew that. That was like amazing. Or I quite, a, quite, uh, quite a bit. I'm not sure how much I can say. <laughs> just just purely because I I don't want to um, put out things that aren't that I can't 100 percent back okay, up or I'm not 100 percent sure of, you know. But there are right, definitely yeah. a lot of a lot of a lot of interesting um, things. Yeah, and I think it, at right. the time, like as I as I was working on the documentary as well I was kind of giving myself like a a more of a rounded education of like the new age movement in general so I was kind of reading a lot of stuff and doing my own research into like where those belief systems come from so one thing from my side like watching and working on this documentary in real time but also educating myself on where all of the origins of so much of what they believed in was really helpful for me because when you can yeah. trace it back it becomes easy to unpick it and then you can see exactly where it all comes from yeah well it was very yeah well the hbo documentary that was definitely one of the more interesting just parts of the whole thing was these people mm. opening up about their experience and and unabashedly talking about it there's, there's with the exception of one guy who's like one of the original father gods who's like look this is he even said, I think, in the documentary, he's like, I got her a few times to admit she wasn't gone. And then they yeah. kind of pushed me out of the scene. But everybody yeah. else is kind of like, they're still on board with it. It's really, yeah. that's kind of the wild part, because you almost never see that in these documentaries about cults. Yeah, and they, they still they still are all, all pretty much believers. And I don't know if that will ever change for them. 
Um, and, and again, like that in itself is not the issue. The issue is um, the more insidious parts of their ideology. Uh, yeah. That that's the thing that, that I think most people take um, the issue with. You know, nobody particularly cares if you're going to worship this woman and say that she's God. Like, not, you know, do do what you like, really. Right. When you start getting into the realm of pushing some of the most repugnant theories and ideas on the face of the planet that's when it becomes an issue and for for what i can say they're definitely still doing that yeah well the also the the whole story is in a sense kind of like this cautionary tale about the internet in a lot of ways because she she kind of got mixed up in it in the internet by way of the internet yeah. and then they recruited this is all a very as i said it's very modern day cautionary tale of going down these rabbit holes online and once you kind of get into this this group this social group whether it's online or you know for the people who really took yeah. it to an extreme and moved out to live with her it's i mean this all can be traced back to sort of a byproduct of, of the internet age in a way this particular I, story i definitely this i i do agree with that but i also think that that's like there's another angle to this that isn't explored enough and there were two angles number one why do people get to that point and again it's kind of like what i was saying earlier right people right, have right. a distrust distrust of government for very good reasons distrust of institutions for very good reasons none of this is ever addressed economic issues are never addressed which then mm. leads people to be easily exploited by bad actors and the second bit is i genuinely do think that the new age movement um, has to do something I'm not sure what but at least acknowledgement of the far right and I don't I'm not using this loosely trying to you know throw the word fascist about but if you right. go back to the origins of the new age movement the things that are written into these into these texts that then become the basis of this belief system are inherently fascist like that there's this People like to again. This is the this is the idea of um, the new age to alt right pipeline, which is I mm -hmm. I absolutely hate it when people use that term <laughs> because there is no pipeline. It's there from the beginning. Like you're not yeah. being funneled anywhere. As soon as you get into this stuff, and again, I got an intro. I got an interest in this stuff. I got crystals. I'm interested in you know like tarot, all of that kind of stuff, astrology. But when yeah. you start getting into it any more than just like a cursory interest right very surface level interest when you start actually reading the text you start com coming up with some very unsavory characters and again it's like the same with the conspiracy world right, it, right it's right. like you're there there's just a kind of tendency to um not acknowledge a lot of stuff um yeah and it, you know it's it, it's a very it's it's very complicated. It's very multifaceted. But I think like it's so it's so easy for people to go like, oh my god, my friend was just into yoga and tarot and crystals, and now she's a hardcore fascist who you know is yeah, saying yeah. some of the most terrific things. And it's like, well, you know, that's not a pipeline. That's you've just got further into that into a pre-existing belief system. Like it's all there for you to see on the surface, really. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel like I'm kind of making sense. Yeah, no, you're well. making total sense. Yeah, no, it's a very, it's a very dark underbelly to the yeah. new age beliefs that absolutely uh, that get glossed over by 
a lot of this love and light and magic and that kind yeah. of thing. And it's love and light for yeah, it's love and light for certain people. And then other people are the bringers of darkness, you know, like these are the things that is you know, that are, are written into in into like, you know, seminal texts in the New Age world. People like Alice Bailey, Elena Blavatsky, Rudolf Steiner to an extent, um, all of these people. You know, you start reading and you start going like, oh, fucking hell, hang on a minute. Like this is all getting a little bit, it's all getting a little bit stuff. Yeah, yeah. Could any of could this have been stopped at any time? The Sammy Carlson story, like, could, could I mean, like you said, and as you said, people comment on your YouTube, like, oh, hey, how come? Like, obviously, the family was trying. They got the whole doc. They got a, they got Doctor Phil involved at one point. So it's not. Yeah, like and that's another thing that they get a lot. Of, that's another thing they get a lot of flack for, and 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 I think it's um, yeah, a lot of people have this idea of like, why would you turn to Doctor Phil? But I feel like that's another like perfect representation of um, the the systems that kind of lead to this in the first place, right? When your only right, option right. is Doctor Phil, yeah, exactly. That yeah. is like the underlying issue here, you know. Like people don't have access, and I think Hannah said this a lot in in her interviews. Is a lot of people don't have access to healthcare, so you're going to go to a Doctor Phil type character, yeah, because yeah. he's going to try and offer X, Y, and Z, even though he doesn't really offer it. Um, do I think it could have been stopped? <sighs> I don't think so, because, you know, there's, I don't think it could have been, because because there's not enough education on high control groups, what a high control yeah. group looks like, and how do you, how you deal with it? Because a lot of people will say it's freedom of, uh, to be able to practice your religion. Right, exactly. It, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and obviously, you know, freedom is important, but also, how do you then deal with these these control groups um, that are destroying people's lives? I, I don't know the answer to that. I, yeah, I think no, that there has very... to be. There's got to be one. I'm just not sure what what it is. Um, I think like the the thing for me again when I think about it now is is the things that they were streaming on YouTube and you know like on YouTube you can get demonetized for anything they'll take you off right, the, right, right. They, uh, you know how are they allowed to carry on on there you know like we take you, you know they take off people like Alex Jones and we can you can debate about whether or not he should have been deplatformed you know, until the cows come home but they left love has won you know, maybe because they weren't very well known I, I just uh, right but, right but they were saying things that were a million times worse than anything I've ever heard have come out of Alex Jones's mouth. They were repeating a lot of things that came out of his mouth, but you know, like it, it's that kind of thing. It's like, and again, if you, and that opens up the whole debate of if you took them off YouTube and deplatformed them, are you then solidifying their beliefs that the deep state cabal are out to um, stop the message, you know, that right, right. it's almost like you'd reinforce it at that point. So you, it just becomes. And like there's a, no, and there's no like supervision at all. So if they yeah. go underground, then you're left with like, yeah. God knows what they're doing. So yeah. it's yeah. a weird double-edged sword where it's exactly. like, it's, you know, it's great that they're broadcasting this so we know what they're up to, but they, sh they yeah. really shouldn't be doing this shit. Yeah. Are there, uh, I'm almost afraid of the answer to this question. I actually sent you a link the other day about some decapitate. Are there, is this love has one thing? Is this like, like the tip of the fucking iceberg here? Are, are we talking, are there more of these groups? And, and Absolutely. Like, 
Absolutely. Yeah, they're, ev- they're everywhere. <laughs> they're, all, they're, they're literally everywhere. You only have to dig around a little bit to try and find try and find one of them you know you've got the, uh, a lot of people talk about the twin flames universe that's quite a, a you know well publicized one at the moment um there's that uh, the the one that we were talking about universal spirit university whatever the guy six people have gone missing connected to his cult again he's an online oh, cult leader no. um there are so many it's actually, it is, you know, it can be really scary. But again, like there's, in, you know, there's little like mini, mini cults of, um, you know, just, just got to get on like UFO Twitter to see, to see well, some cult yeah. stuff. And actually, <laughs> that's, that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all there. You don't have to search very far to find it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like I said earlier, it does kind of, I mean, there have been cults forever in a sense, but it's like the internet makes this worse. It, it really allows people to kind of go down the rabbit hole. And, and, you know, we talked a little bit about QAnon. I'm sure there's so many heartbreaking stories. I think even a documentary about it, but like yeah. the people who go into QAnon, then their families just, you know, they, they're left with no option, you know, they have no means of pulling no. them out of it. And it's, yeah. it's really... I don't know. It's a symptomatic of a troubled society, I suppose. It really is, but it's also like it, it, especially stuff like QAnon. It's like it's scary because you just wonder how, when you've got people who believe to that extent that they're willing, they're basically your foot soldiers, right? So stuff right. like that is very convenient for like bad actors, be them intelligence agencies, be them, you know, any sort of like underground groups, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Having all yeah. of those people that are that have essentially been um, messed with, for want of a better term that I can think of, by like effectively indoctrinated by like an ARG type scenario, you know, like the, these people are like living in a different world. And it, right, um, right. Yeah, the but it works. Thing. Yeah, it, wo- it about- works because they take facets of reality, right? And that's how all of this works. It, it, it gets people in because people and it's kind of what i was saying earlier like people can see that there's problems but if you've got no way of like trying to if you've got no way of like understanding where the problems come from you're going to be very susceptible or like what's causing the problem you're going to be very susceptible to like all of these bits so it's going to be you know instead of um you know greedy corporations or you know the symptoms of capitalism it's going to be satanic baby in cabal you know that's it that's where people gravitate to and so it's like i don't know i think it's very important to um have like a framework through which to kind of view things um and also like to to talk more about stuff like this because there seems sometimes to be a tendency to like uh demean people that have like people that fall into like key beliefs and stuff and i think that people don't there's not enough emphasis on well when all of your trust has been completely wiped out out of every institution people don't have enough money to live people can't get good health care people can't get good food they see endless war they see all of these things and they're consistently lied to of course you're going to gravitate towards 
beliefs like conspiracy theories and belief systems again like i can when i say conspiracy theories like a lot of conspiracy theories are true but what i what i mean is like the more kind of fantastical yes conspiracy like theories that are like yeah fantastical. Yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah there's plenty of conspiracies it's uh yeah it's yeah well it's a strange it's a strange world we're living mm. in now did you when you put out now you kind of came along you put out the documentary right when things had gone to shit for love is one so yeah. did you ever receive any because like part of the thing is like i'd be afraid to mess with these people or expose them like did you ever receive any pushback was any was anyone like hey you know hey emily louise shut up stop talking about us don't you know don't go there not really like not really they, they get they get a lot they got a lot of trolls because they did all their live, live streams constantly so you know they uh, they okay. got a lot of like and i think by the time that came out they'd always they'd hit the mainstream news so i was like a drop in the water compared right, right. Yeah, they were dealing with a dead body and shit. They didn't yeah, have time to worry about like, your, your video. Can't be dealing with this, yeah. 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 But it sounds like but as you were putting this together, uh, your documentary, this predates the HBO one, obviously, there was sort of this underground group, because you kept saying, like, in your documentary, like, from sources have told me, yeah. sources say this. So it sounds like there was this kind of simmering underground movement of, like, Hey, this love is one thing. He said there were a couple of groups and shit on online. Yeah, it's like people were com- becoming aware that like, oh yeah, something is wrong here with this group. Yeah, and driven mostly by people that were connected to people in the cult, so like family members. So I, I remember like the first, my first crash course into this was like a four-hour Zoom call with um some people who had family members inside Love Has One Cult. Um, and and that is where I got a lot of like initial information from from like interviewing them and talking to them, um, and yeah, a lot of kind of people that were um, in their uh, private chats and stuff that yeah, were yeah. getting information and things like that. Yeah, so that was my first kind of like uh, foray into like it. it <laughs> I, I didn't even really know what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted to make something about it. And then I realized that you can actually interview people. Like, I didn't realize that before. I was like, <laughs> oh, you can actually, like, talk to people and get them to talk to you and ask them questions and then find out more things. It's like I was teaching myself how to do this process of, like, yeah. putting things together because I was very, very, like, new to it. But now I feel like a bit of a, not a, not a pro, but like I've done it a bit longer now, so I kind of, feel a bit more confident but when i was putting that together i, I had no clue what i was doing <laughs> now we established that like as this is all was going on so amy's doing all this uh you know she's drinking all the time she's doing drugs you know of various types or whatever we're not gonna mm-hmm. get that but were the people who were living there also just kind of partying it up too or were they like uh on the straight now and only she could be the uh, they're definitely second. not on the sh- definitely not on the straight and narrow i don't know the extent i know they did group mushroom trip together okay um i they're probably smoking weed but i'm not i'm not sure to the extent um yeah i don't think they were getting fucked up all the time but there was definitely you know like a it was it was much more relaxed than any other setting yeah yeah okay that's kind of yeah that's all because you just kind of wonder sometimes like why do these people i think there's also with cults it's also sort of like a the sunk cost situation where it's like yeah. once you're too deep into this you're like look i've given up everything i'm on this ride till the spaceship comes 
Exactly. Like, what the fuck? I can't go back to working at Lady Footlocker, man. Yeah, like, yeah. This is... I think it's like hope there's in the documentaries. It's like, what am I going to do? Go back to fucking Boston? Like, right, I can't right. I can go back to this. Yeah, so it's very, uh, it's very interesting. Did you, when Hannah was interviewing these people, did you have any input, like, as far as, like, oh, you should ask them about this or, or uh, you know, I'd like to know more about that or anything like that? Yeah, I definitely gave, like, some guidance. But Hannah, it, Hannah's way of interviewing is, like, very, it's a very good way of interviewing because she gets people to kind of talk, like, just talk, right? So it's a, right. it was less, I think the reason why you get those good sound bites and, and this information coming from, the, the people themselves is because she let them talk. Yeah. Um, it it was less sense. kind of like interrogating. Right, um, right, right. More kind of, you know, letting these people tell their stories versus like um, any sort of uh, like it, rigorous um, questioning. Although there was definitely questioning. I'm trying to make, I don't know what hour I'm making it sound, but there was definitely no, 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 like I know questioning. Exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But sure. more kind yeah. of like giving people space to, um, yeah. To actually be able to, yeah, to tell their stories as well. Well, you I mentioned Hope. Important. Hope was like my, probably one of my favorites in the doc. She's so combative. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, I, and all the live streams are like that. And it's mile yeah. a minute talking. Yeah. So when you're trying yeah. to transcribe it, listen to it, and tr- transcribe bits of it, and, you know, pick out bits, it's like you, I've never heard somebody talk so fast. Yeah, yeah. She just, some of those clips that, like, they're in your documentary, they're in the HBO, she's, like, just so, she's just, like, fucking mean. I'm like, yeah. I can't see myself during this golf. Which like, yeah. look at motherfucker, we're going to change the world. I'm like, all right, this is. <laughs> yeah, it is very much like that. Again, and I think she got that a lot from Amy. I think Amy encouraged that out of her, because she was yeah. very meek at the beginning. You look at her beginning live streams in 2018, super meek. Like, wouldn't yeah. say boo to a goose kind of meekness. And then, yeah. like, as it goes on, she kind of becomes, like, as she says, best friends with Amy. She, like, gets this, the confidence. Right, and, right. And to to really go after people and terrorize people. I mean, she was horrific to some people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. she's a character. Really so intense. you say they got a lot of, so so as they were doing these sort of chats and shit, all, they, oh, they, so get they get trolled all the time. I trolled them. Yeah, I trolled them. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned that in your documentary. It was a prank. I was trying to be funny. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, you could you could call them up and you could leave comments on their, their live chat. It would always be, it, the, most of the chat would be believers and people taking the piss. You know? Well, that's the, that, that, when you said that, that struck me as interesting because uh, it, it is cult-like. I, I, I have a, an interest in the flat earth community. And so mm-hmm. it's, to me, it struck me very much when you said that it reminded me of the flat earthers in a way because they're constantly like trolled and i think that oh, yeah. almost emboldens Absolutely. They, they develop a persecution complex yeah. rightfully so and then that kind of like emboldens them and kind of gets them back into you know Absolutely. they kind of isolate themselves or reinforces it reinforces yeah. it we're being attacked everybody is against us mother god is being attacked the people aren't waking up. The people aren't getting it. And it, yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. Definitely reinforces them. Yeah, it's a fascinating phenomenon because I went to, uh, actually went to like a flat earth convention to get an idea of who these oh, folks wow. were. Yeah, and and um, 
it's kind of, I, I can kind of see your perspective. Like we shared in a lot of ways of these different groups. Cause it's like, people ask what they're like, I'm like, they are good people. They're just really misguided people. Yeah. Like they're just yeah. misguided people. Um, but I could, I, for a brief couple of days, I was a flat earther, not like in belief, but I was in the community <laughs> and I could see, I understood it. Cause like I'm at, on Twitter. I just post a picture like, here's the venue for flat earth convention. Not just completely arbitrary language, not pro, con, whatever. Here's a picture yeah. of the thing. And my Twitter's like bombarded with people who are like <laughs> saying the nastiest shit to me. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. I get, I get what it's like to be these people now. You just get yeah. shit on and attacked like nonstop. And I can see yeah, how I think you're there's... part of that group that warps your mind in a way. Absolutely. And, and there's a, that's the thing about like criticism, right? There's, there's a way to kind of go about, I mean, some people rightfully just deserve to be called out. Um, I think, like you said, with a lot of these people, it does lead to this, um, reinforcement of belief. Everybody's against us. We can only depend on each other. Um, and it becomes more insular in that way. But again, like, I don't know how to combat that because there's not, you know, what, People are, when they're spreading these kind of belief systems that they have, people are well within their rights to, to criticize them and to call them out and to troll them and, you know, do whatever. So you, you, it's just, it, the whole thing, how to, how to approach it confuses me. I just have no idea. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's worrisome in a lot of ways. It's, yeah. it's funny. It's, yeah. I don't necessarily with the flat earth people, but with the, QAnon with the love is one with UFO Twitter. It's <laughs> they're gonna love that comparison. Um, they, they all have the end. They all have the moment. They all have that big moment. They're all waiting for the fucking moment, and it's yeah. like oh, they're waiting man. for it's. Is, is it disclosure? Is it ascension? Is it it, it's all facets of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the so. event, right? It's the that big event that you're waiting for, and you're all together, and you know the truth, and blah 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 blah. It just goes on and on and on, and and ultimately, right. like people aren't interested in the truth because when you tell people the truth, people don't want to hear it. It, it ruins the yeah. fantasy of it. it. And again, this is what I talk about when I talk about addressing those symptoms that lead people to to that point. It's like um, it's very similar to like uh, people that believe that they're in the secret space program, right? And they're super soldiers yeah, yeah yeah it's like you're you can understand that people that live extremely dissatisfying lives um you know you've got to go to your job that you hate and pay all your bills and you don't have enough money for food and your food's super expensive and everything's kind of shitty and then you yeah. get to live a second life where you're a super soldier right so you can see how that kind of stuff becomes like really appealing to people um yeah and without yeah. And again, it all kind of comes down to addressing like those those root causes of it. That that is what I think. And but, but again, people don't want to talk about it because they say you're bringing politics into it, or you're too much right, of it, right. like the comments that I get on YouTube of uh, you know, get accused of uh, being a uh, what's it? People call me a, a mind slave to Marxism or whatever. I get called in the comments <laughs> of my own YouTube videos. But I'm like, this kind of stuff is important. You know, if you don't address it, you're you're gonna um, People are going to be, people are increasingly having issues in their lives that aren't addressed. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that that ultimately leads people to 
these kind of weird subcultures and groups and stuff and gurus yeah. and cult leaders and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that yeah. the world would be, you know, rainbows and unicorns and you're never going to have any cults. So you're not going to have anything if, you know, we address all the economic issues in everybody's lives. Of course, people are always going to have strange beliefs, of course. But I think a lot of these people get into a lot of this stuff um, for those kind of reasons. That's just my take on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And they get yeah. exploited by these people um, because of that. Like people trying to sell people prosperity. Follow me and you'll get so much money. Follow me. I've got a psychic reading. I know where X, Y, and Z treasure is, and you can have some of it if you just follow me. Like, it's that kind of right, stuff. Right. It's like you're selling people pipe dreams. Yeah, it's it's troubling. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. This whole story is wild. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's, well, I can only hope at least that with with the doc with the HBO documentary, like it's it certainly opened up a lot of people's eyes to Yeah. I, I think there's I I think there's a certain uh shock in a way, as I said like at the very beginning of this conversation, that like this was happening like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like this wasn't this wasn't something from the seventies. Yeah. This was exactly. a, a thing that's happening around now. You now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and there are god god knows how many there are that are um operating and going. It's like weird to think about that you just don't know about. There's there's tons. There's so many. Yeah, and then something crazy happens and you find out you're yeah. like, Oh wait, there's a cult like in two yeah. towns over and yeah, like exactly. they murdered a guy, like Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really intense. But it's yeah, it's there's no as you said, it turns up to a weird like belief set like uh, freedom of religion mm-hmm. versus someone's well being. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like you're saying. It's like there needs to be some kind of change. Like you almost wonder if there needs to be some kind of like legal avenue for people whose family get mixed up with this kind of thing. And yeah, you know, you make the point in your documentary. There's a guy that comes out to join them. They don't dig his energy, so they push him yeah. out like naked out into the fucking desert and the yeah. cops pick him up and he's naked he's got cactus whatever they're called the pin, the little pins or whatever uh yeah. sticking into him all over and the cops are like yeah he's fine we'll just let him go yeah, yeah exactly oh he's, he, he was in the hospital they just let him go like oh, we can't right. hold him well why can't you hold him he's clearly not in his right mind there needs to be definitely more education around coercive control and high control groups a hundred percent um uh, that I think is probably one of the most important things. Um, but again, like some of these, some of these groups operate in in uh, areas where there is. I'm not saying there's areas that don't have it, but areas where there is a lot of reports of like police corruption. So again, you, you're dealing with that whole thing, and, and that it opens up, you know, conversations about uh, groups like Scientology, for example, been long been accused of colluding with law enforcement so when you've even got you know religious cults that embed themselves um in institutions then what do you do right you've got a cult that gets as big as scientology and they're yeah. seemingly untouchable because you can't even get missing persons reports looked into properly you know like then then what do you do when you've when you've used every avenue available you, i guess you just at that point you just have to sit sit back and i know this sounds terrific that this is this is what the system is. You have to sit back and wait for somebody's body to show up. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all you can There's do is the, kind of keep sounding the alarm about what's going yeah, on. I mean, that's exactly. the only option you have. Yeah, it's disturbing. This is sort of a question that everybody gets all the time who uh, are in this field. So uh, have you given any thought to like writing a book about all this? The love is uh, the love is one thing or are you you're kind of focusing on the, the video aspect of stuff? Um. I've considered writing a book, but not specifically on Love Has Won. Um, okay. There's probably enough there, um, but I'm okay, a bit more you. interested in like the origins of it, right? Because okay, um, yeah. they're a bit of like a dime a dozen, um, right, these kind right, of religious right. groups. I know this one's like very, what am I trying to say? This one's very, uh, I'm trying to find a word and it's like not Unique. coming to me. Yeah, like very, yeah. So, very specifically wacky. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. This one's yeah, very yeah. kind of like off the wall. Um, I was most interested in, uh, yeah, where where some of these beliefs come from. I've had like um, a fellow researcher, a friend of mine, um, who reached out to me last year, tell me that I should write a book on the I Am movement, which again is where so much of this stuff comes from. Um, so maybe, maybe one day. There you go. But of course, you've got uh, Weird Reads with Emily Louise. This is the YouTube yeah. channel. Um, and I'm scrolling through now as uh, as I'm talking to you. And you've got all kinds of interesting. And these are like these are like full full on documentaries. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, on all kinds of stuff. The Highgate Vampire, mm-hmm. who was Helena Blavatsky. Uh, Edgar, like we're looking at like an hour and fifteen minute documentary on uh, Edgar Casey here. This is tremendous stuff. So yeah, the uh, one, the one that I'm probably most, the one that I'm probably most proud of is the Alternative Three documentary, which is about the secret space program. Yeah, um, that one's like nearly three hours, which is like, oh, wow. like yeah, um, it's all about kind of like how Alternative Three, the the hoax documentary from the 1970s, and then the subsequent book um, kind of led to the creation of a lot of uh, stuff like the Montauk Project, but also a lot of the secret space program stuff that we see today. Yeah. Kind of um, this idea of people going to Mars for 20 years and then being age regressed and then coming home and you know, doing all of that stuff. So I got some good interviews for that one. Interviewed the guy that wrote the original book. And then also Randy Kramer, who is one of the secret space program people, apparently. So, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff at the moment is very, like, focused on, like, the UFO world. Um, that's kind of my main main research focus at the moment. Yeah, well, UFO world's rich with... Uh interesting conspiracies and sort of oh, uh, yeah. apocryphal tales. That's probably yeah. the best oh, way absolutely. to put it. Absolutely. And, it, and it's always interesting to see how they, you can, Adam's books, uh, Adam, the most recent one that Adam did, uh, Spooks and that one, the uh, yeah. Saucer one, is that's Great a fantastic book. book. Yeah. That really yeah. kind of traces how these things just popped up in the ether. Yeah. And that like one guy takes it and he adds a little bit to it and someone else exactly. adds a little bit more to it. And it's like, oh, I heard the same thing when I was working, yeah. as a, you know, and it's like, but what yeah, I heard exactly. had a little different thing. Now, the, the you know, these, the aliens had seven fingers instead of four. It's like yeah. more and more complex and it's, it's a fascinating yeah. world. 
It very uh, much is. It's a very confusing world with a lot of very strange people and a lot of like nefarious agencies meddling with things behind the scenes, which makes things even more confusing, but also interesting um, when you're researching and writing about this kind of stuff. Now, do you have anything in mind for what you're, what are you working on now? You probably kind of are tired of talking about Love is One, so you're ready to I'm I'm get working on, else. I'm building up to a, a, a series of videos that I'm doing at the moment. Um, started with the video on Snippy the Horse, and I've also got another one on the origins of the Dulcie Base Conspiracy, but yep, it's basically yep. leading up to covering Majestic 12. <laughs> which, is, nice. which is going to be great so I've done quite a lot of interviews with people already people like Rick Doty um, which is interesting um, interviews with uh, some researchers um, that, like great people that I've spoken to um, trying to organise some other ones as well like that kind of era of ufology um, the 80s yeah. ufology because you can see so much of that in um, where we are now Right. Um, a lot of people want to go, only go back to like 2017, you know, when the, this oh, new God, wave yeah. of UFO stuff started. And it's like, no, you, you need to go back, go, go way back. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm working on at the moment. Um, but it's kind of slow going, trying to put all the pieces together and trying to get all the right things together. Because I know it's like a hotly contested thing majestic 12 and it's a whole big story and i just want to kind of do it justice because i was looking been looking for like a a video on it from my kind of perspective that it is all kind of right. intelligence disinformation that's how it began um and that it isn't true that's my take on yeah. it um and there is there isn't really like a a video format documentary that covers that like Adam's book which he says right, right. Spooks and Kooks covers it um, Mirage Men um, by Mark Pilkington covers it a um, couple of others cover it as well but I, though it's all in kind of book formats it's not in well Mirage Men the documentary as well um, covers it but doesn't specifically like go into detail on what Majestic 12 is and then kind of track it into a f the future stuff and the things that are happening now so that's kind of what I'm what I want to what I want to do. Yeah, well, Majestic 12 is interesting, uh, as, with the exception of, God rest his soul, Stan Freeman, who was still championing Majestic 12 up until he died. Yeah. Everybody I knew in ufology was like, it's bullshit. So it's yeah. like kind of one of those weird things where it's like, if you were in the scene, you knew, but it was bullshit. But people kind of on the peripheral, or the, I don't like to use the term fans, but like the fans yeah. or the enthusiasts yeah. or whatever, they bought into it. But like the people yeah. on the inside or the people who were the ufologists, or, or they were all just like, yeah, it's, it's like, nah, it's almost certainly bullshit. You yeah, know? exactly. It's like, and and don't it's tell also, Sam, you know, but it's probably yeah. bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I've read his, his book on it, which is, um, uh, interesting book but it's interesting like how, how those stories now are, are then kind of like being repackaged, right? So like, um, I even saw a bit about Majestic 12 was included in that Netflix documentary called Encounters. Right. You know, like it's all that kind of stuff and it, it makes its way into all of these new things that are hitting new audiences who don't know that it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. You know? yeah. How are you yeah. going to explain like, I've, you know, tons of years of UFO bullshit and disinformation, purposefully seeded disinformation yeah. to people. And I think, like, that's the most perfect example of it because it's all tied in with, like, Paul Benowitz and um, 
all of that stuff. So it's that's kind of like the perfect example of how uh, intelligence agencies obfuscate. Obs- that's the word. Um, oh, right. This subject, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. What's interesting too? It reminds me. I hate to keep calling back to the flat earthers, but it does remind me that that whole sort of idea in a way where it's like. When I was down there, before I went to meet them, I, like, did a whole deep dive into the history of the Flat Earth. And it goes back to, like, the 1860s, and it ebbs and flows and popularity. And it was, like, so I'm, like, talking to them. And I'm, like, well, what do you think about, like, this person or that person from this era or that era? They didn't know anything about it. Yeah. They're like, I don't I don't concern myself with all that stuff, man. I'm only interested yeah. in modern-day Flat Earth. And it's, like, yes. bro. Like, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're, exactly. You're only getting, yeah. like, half the story. Right, yeah. It's like, if you don't know the history of all this, you're kind of being, you know, you'll realize immediately you're being taken for a ride because it's been exactly. going on for 150 exactly. years. And I know it doesn't matter <laughs> to some people, and I know some people are not going to listen no matter what you tell them. I feel like it's just important just for, like, maybe historical record or, you know, for myself also just because I find all the topics so interesting and all the characters that are involved and especially in like Majestic 12 you've got so many different characters so many different like weirdness factional infighting gossip you know people hurling shit at each other it's just is a wild very wild time a very weird story it was an exciting period Uh, I didn't live through it but I read all about it and it was like wow that must have been pretty awesome (laughs) So you're working on a <laughs> so you're working on a majestic twelve project. Yeah. Uh, that's good, and probably like in another ten years you'll do, look back and do one on this era, right? So. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> at some point. I feel like there's some people that kind of cover it, you know the modern the things that are happening like right now quite well so i haven't really felt the need to like dip into the david grosh but like i'll talk about it on like podcasts and stuff i'll talk about it you know to friends that are also involved and i'll talk about it on twitter until the cows come home but i've got no interest in doing like a david grosh documentary or anything like that. yeah 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 well yeah i was just talking about this with uh michael hughes about conspiracy theories where it's like it's so contemporaneous now yeah like i prefer kind of like what you're talking about with mj12 at least with the love is one thing, it's kind of over. You can look at it now and kind of understand it. Like when you're in the moment, it's really hard to, to sort of understand, to get a, get a, get your arms around what exactly is happening. Yeah, exactly. In real time. Yeah. Whereas these more historical ones, and I also think they're important because again, they inform the present, right? Exactly. All all of the things that were kind of coming out in the MJ12 era, you know, have informed what is going on now. Right, right. Um, I think that's probably it. I've taken up a bunch cool. of your time, and we've talked. Oh, you're uh, welcome. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we got the chance to do this. As I said, uh, I was, uh, and, and really, hats off to you. I, like I said, I didn't discover until today that you had done the documentary. Then HBO was like, hey, we're going to yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, shit, she'd already really told the story of uh, of Love is One. So for the people who are out there who are like, all right, I don't have HBO, some people don't, you know. Yeah. So if you don't have the HBO, go on to Weird Reads with Emily Louise. You can find that on YouTube, uh, Weird Reads with Emily Louise. That's the app thing, and then that will just mm-hmm. Google it. And she has the uh, Love Has One documentary that, that she made prior to the HBO one. That'll bring you all up to speed on the entire story. Yeah. Um, and then if you're really, <laughs> if 
really, you're hankering if, for more. If you're hankering for more, then you get on the HBO one, you can hear from the people who were fucking mixed up in it. Yeah. And that's even more enlightening. Did you have you Indeed. ever talked to some of those people that are in the okay, yeah. No, no, I haven't. No. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that they would be interested in talking to me. I'd talk to them. I don't think they'd be interested in talking to me. Well, it's really interesting because I read an interview with Hannah uh, today, and mm-hmm. there was actually two. The one thing she said was, like, she asked the guy, like, how bad the body must have smelled, like, when they were driving. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the smell of God permeated the car. And it's like, oh, yeah. Geez, that's- that's not as enticing as you as, it, as you might think it sounds, buddy. Yeah, quite horrifying. <laughs> but, yeah, but she said also that the because I was interested in sort of what the reaction was, and, and somebody asked her, and she said the people who were in the documentary, who were in the call, who were like, "Thank you for telling our story." So it was like, they, yeah, you'd think they'd be kind of annoyed or like irritated, but they're they're just kind of like, "This is my experience," and. They, they always no thought regrets. that she was going to have a they always thought that she was going to have a documentary that was a whole thing that they would uh, say constantly on their live streams they 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 thought it was going to be a Netflix documentary they said one day mom will have a show on Netflix they didn't predict HBO wow well there you go so <laughs> <laughs> and your other websites emilylouisechurch.com um folks yeah keep a you know follow 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 Emily Louise. Keep an eye on her uh, if you haven't already. She's putting out great work. I have a feeling, um, you know, uh, I'm going to be digging into this YouTube channel, and we're going to get you back on the show uh, to talk about whatever your next project is and probably to dig into some of these back catalog projects because you got a lot of stuff on there that uh, I'm I interested in. I would be more than willing to come back. Thank you for having <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. And uh, and yeah, folks, if if you're if you want some cool documentaries from someone who knows what they're talking about, is put the work in and 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 you know is serious about this stuff. Uh, check it out because I was blown away by the by her love is one thing. Having seen the HBO one, then I watched that and I'm like, oh, this is this is fantastic this is like thank <laughs> so you appreciate i, I want to see what what you dig into with this other stuff so yeah check it out and thank you again for coming on the show thank you